No mai, haere mai, ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Lynn Freeman with you this week for Wallace Chapman. It is quarter to four, and with me today, our panellists, Nikki Bazant, journalist, author and speaker, and Stephen Jacobi, Executive Director of the New Zealand International Business Forum. Kia ora kōrua. welcome to both of you. Kia ora, Lynn. Kia ora, Lynn. Nice to be with you. Well, my pleasure. Look, between now and five o'clock, just to give listeners an idea of what we have planned, we're in Nelson in a moment, still in a state of emergency, to find out what locals need from local and central government. And thinking about all the people affected by the hundreds of slips throughout Nelson, Marlborough and Wellington over the past few rain-drenched days, we'll get advice from a geotechnical consultant about retaining walls. Plus, the Crown is buying Kiwi Group Holdings, the company that owns Kiwi Bank and Kiwi Wealth from the superannuation fund ACC and New Zealand Post. What are the implications for customers, for superannuitants and the wider banking industry? If not an exodus, then certainly the number of real estate agents is expected to reduce substantially. Its dropping house prices leads to a decline in take-home pay of around 20% or more. Infometrics crunches the numbers. Given employees are in such demand with unemployment at near record lows, advice on how to negotiate a fair pay and package deal with your new employers before signing that contract. And today we're thinking about dog etiquette. I'm keen to hear from dog owners. When you're out walking your dog in the park or in the neighbourhood, what's the right thing to do for the rest of us who aren't out walking a dog? Do we say hello or do we ignore your pooch no matter how imploringly it looks at us? Dog owners, text us 2101 or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. It is now 13 minutes to four. Nelson remains in a state of emergency. The Prime Minister has been visiting the region today, surveying the damage. Here is some of what she had to say. Look, having seen some of the extensive damage around uh, residential areas and also knowing that we have equally extensive damage in rural communities as well, it's clear that we will need an increase uh, in the mayoral relief fund. This is going to be a long recovery. I expect that we'll be working together with local government for some time to come, but particularly with a focus uh, with the roading network uh, in the uh, immediate aftermath of these events. There are isolated communities that we need to get back up and connected. RNZ's Adam Burns is in Nelson. Kia ora, Adam, where exactly are you? Yeah, kia ora, Lynn. I'm just at uh, the Nile Street Bridge, uh, which is kind of one of the worst affected uh, kind of residential areas in Nelson. Uh, it has started raining this afternoon after the mid service this year, another heavy rainfall, uh, rain warning for Tasman until 10 p.m. Uh, normal circumstances, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be a big deal, but um, these are, I suppose, extraordinary circumstances for Nelson. Thankfully, it's only uh, a bit of a light drizzle at the moment. Um, and, you know, any any drop of water at the moment for these residents uh, it is pretty anxiety-inducing. So, uh, thankfully, uh, it's not too heavy at the moment. There's still, of course, people who aren't able to return to their homes. Will there be any areas in evacuation watch? Um, I mean, at, at the moment, uh, the Nile Street area, which is where the Prime Minister kind of visited um, th- this morning, that, ha- I mean, I, I suppose many residents in that area have been evacuated. Uh, Atawai, uh, I should say, uh, was another hard-hit area. Um, it really depends on how, if, if Nelson can get through this last little period, um, whether... 
hopefully there are no more evacuations. Uh, there's a total of 970 homes that have been evacuated last uh, last uh, time. Civil defence confirmed, uh, but hopefully, um, I mean, they're not ruling out any more. But it really depends on, uh, I suppose, how the weather fares over the next uh, 24 hours. What has been the reaction to the Prime Minister's visit and to her comments? We heard just some of them uh, in that clip. She had more to say. But in general, what was the reaction from the people that you've been speaking to? I think residents um, around this, uh, around the middle of Nelson, around kind of areas, areas like Nile Street, uh, I think that they've been pretty receptive to the Prime Minister's visit. I mean, it was just it was a small kind of distraction to, I suppose, their reality. I guess you know the, the past few days have been pretty surreal. You know, just shoveling mud, um, a lot of their homes and livelihoods, you know, kind of turned upside down. Um, so the Prime Minister kind of, you know, arriving, kind of scoping and, and, and I suppose appraising the uh, the, the damage uh, in Nelson. I mean, it, it's becoming a bit of a familiar theme for the Prime Minister unfortunately, just with uh, the, the, the amount of kind of severe weather events that have been occurring around the country. But I, I think I think residents have been receptive, but, you know, they, they need to, I suppose, see some kind of robust kind of financial support because, you know, the, the Insurance Council of New Zealand, for example, they're predicting the, 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 the extent of this damage to kind of enter the tens of millions. One of the big things being addressed today has been the assessment of, I think, something like more than 400 homes and some indication that perhaps most of those homeowners would at least get the first stage assessments through. Any word on how that's going? Yeah, when I spoke to Civil Defence earlier this morning, they seemed pretty they seemed confident that they were going to get through the remaining uh, rapid assessments, which have been kind of coordinated by uh, USA. Uh, the urban uh, search and rescue. Um, they've completed about 284 um, by around this time yesterday, and uh, they they seem pretty confident that they're going to um, complete the the remaining ones uh, by the end of today. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those um, uh, I mean, some of those um, assessments do spill into the next few days. I mean, uh, you know, they are reliant on homeowners who are very very busy, you know, out and about, um, being at home. So, yeah, well, hope, I think, I think best, best case scenario, the end of today, possibly tomorrow, that uh, those um, remaining 280-odd homes uh, will have at least uh, received a, an initial uh, an assessment. The Prime Minister, in her uh, speech, mentioned the strength of community spirit. You're seeing that too, aren't you? Oh, most definitely. And, and yeah, well, what else can you do? You, you, you know, you, you, you really just have to knuckle down and, and get on with it. I mean, life <laughs> doesn't end there. And, and, and I suppose and I, I, residents kind of deal with it in different ways, but I think the general consensus amongst this particular community is that they are just knuckling down. Otherwise, what, what else can you, can you do? You know, it, it is overwhelming for them, but they are, you know, looking after each other. And a lot of them have kind of spoken about the small things, you know, coffees, biscuits, you know. Um, I got offered a piece of chocolate cake because they thought I was a civil defence worker, for example. Obviously, I was running an R&D jacket. But, um, you know, those those small, those small things, um, uh, I think, are really kind of permeating um, over the past few days in, in Nelson. 
I imagine there have been some moments, some scenes, some conversations, Adam, that you've had that you won't forget. I mean, such raw emotions that you're dealing with there, even with the resilience, you know, even with the community spirit, so important, but real pain, real grief. Well, I mean, it's a logistical nightmare. I mean, it's your home, and and it's been kind of swept up from under you, uh, essentially, within a you know a matter of hours uh, for, for some people. You know, I, I've, I've tried to approach um, you know my conversations with um, with the locals with as much kind of delicacy and sensitivity as, as possible because they are feeling it. They are feeling it. I mean, a lot of them ha- haven't been in a um, you know, the right states and fair enough to, to uh, speak to us. But uh, those, you know, those other residents that I've spoken to, you know, they find it a, quite a cathartic um, process to really kind of uh, illustrate and, and, and talk about their situation. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it is undoubtedly a really, really hard time and, and it's going to and it's gonna be hard uh, over the next um, few weeks um, for these residents. Months and years, too, from what we're hearing in terms of that long-term damage. Just before we let you go, Adam, we've got our panellists, Nikki and Stephen, here. Either of you got any questions for Adam? He's right in the middle of it all, and Nelson. I just I don't have a question, really. I just I think what an amazing um, job that USAR and Civil Defence have done to get all those assessments done in such a short amount of time. That must be, I mean, that's an amazing amount of work, so good on them. Certainly want to send out our best wishes to everyone in the Nelson region uh, at the moment. I guess um, one question I have is it, it's hard to get a bit of a sense of the scale of the problem uh, um, or, or the magnitude of what has to be done other than to know that it's very big indeed. Uh, and if Adam's, Adam's got any further thoughts about that. Yeah, well, the Prime Minister touched on this um, during her uh, media stand-up um, this morning and she said, you know, we're right at the cusp of response and recovery. It is early days. Uh, we uh, we don't have a total figure of the extent of damage, and I don't think that will come for some time. So, and, and just another reminder: Nelson is still in a state of emergency, you know. Um, and if you kind of enter pockets of um, of the town or city, I should say, um, it does. And and this is not not an hyperbole. It does look like a war zone in some areas, you know. The the the, the, the scale of the event uh, is, you know, is palpable. Um, and, you know, residents are having to tackle it, you know, hour by hour. Adam, we'll let you get back to it. Ngamihi Nui, thank you so much. RNZ reporter Adam Burns reporting from Nelson. Uh, time to consider what you've been thinking with our panellists, Stephen Jacoby and Nikki Bazant. Uh, Stephen, what's on your mind? Uh, well, Lynn, the government has moved at last to plug some of the very evident gaps in the labour market. But I've been thinking about why these gaps have occurred. Of course, there was that great sucking sound of the people who left New Zealand during the COVID pandemic. But what about what's called the great resignation? I've been reading that some of the people who've uh, resigned and the part of the great resignation have been regretting their decision. I guess that's inevitable. But I'd be interested to hear from any listeners uh, who might have changed tack 
uh, during this period. What really seems extraordinary is that this is a global phenomenon. I mean, the UK, the US, Australia, and certainly here in New Zealand, uh, where I live in Mount Eden, you only have to walk down the street uh, to see the evidence of it. I have to say, um, I didn't notice it so much when I was in Asia uh, recently, but maybe I wasn't following things carefully enough. I do hope that these moves on the part of the government to ease temporary entry will uh, help bring in more workers. I am concerned about the complexity of what is being um, proposed. I hope those workers can be given a realistic pathway for obtaining residency and ultimately citizenship because, boy, the economy really needs them right now. We're going to come back to labour issues uh, in the next hour, actually, Stephen, looking at how to negotiate your best possible pay and package deal if you're getting a new job. It feels yeah, like the time is right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Nikki, what have you been thinking about? Uh, I've been thinking about the power of exercise, actually. You know, I woke up this morning feeling just a little bit blah, like sometimes you do, and especially on a Monday. But and because I'm in the habit, I, I got up and I went out and did some exercise, just a, just a walk today. But it reminded me, and I, I know this, I've interviewed dozens and dozens of experts who have all said the same thing to me about how important exercise is and how much benefit it has for just about anything that you can think of. Um, but it's still, when, when I still experience it myself... I still go, oh, yeah, that's right. It's so, exercise is so, so good for our mental well-being. It just makes us feel better. And, you know, there's, that's, there's a lot to be said for that. It's a free thing that we can do that makes our head feel better. So I just want to encourage the listeners this week to, if you've got out of the habit of moving your body, which we can do in the winter, and the weather's been so, so terrible, but if you have got out of that habit this week, try and get out and move. Just anything that you can do to exercise is going to be so, so good for you and make you feel better. And we're hearing it's also helpful for people recovering from COVID-19, right? Yeah, there's some there's some really interesting research around um, people who have regular exercise having a much lower risk of serious outcomes from COVID. Uh, so that's, you know, that's not surprising, but it's really, that's good evidence now. I gather the idea is to go slowly back into exercise, though, when recovering yeah, there's, uh, from yeah, COVID. When you, you can't charge back into it after mm. you've had COVID just because of that risk mm. of long COVID, I gather. Mm. I, th- I think this is really important. You know, we're becoming such a sedentary nation. Uh, and I, sh- I can do a bit of a shout out to my trainer, Vinnie Rodriguez, who uh, joins me three times a week at eight o'clock uh, by video uh, uh, <laughs> awesome. to get me doing stuff. Um, which I find really good. Yeah, and I think uh, just my final point is if you're a woman and you're in your midlife, perimenopause, get in some strength training as well and you won't know yourself. Fantastic. Our panellists today, Stephen Jacoby and Nikki Bazant. Coming up to the news now, after the news, lots to discuss, retaining walls, Kiwi Bank sale uh, and also dog etiquette. We're getting some messages in from our dog owners. Love to get some more. Text us 2101.